This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning. How is everyone doing today? Doing all right? Yeah? Yeah? How's everyone doing online? Okay, we'll assume that's a go. (laughs) Good. It's so good to be here to gather together in person as we're just continuing taking steps forward as a church into into this future that God has for us. And and I believe that God does have a, a future for us that's brilliant and beautiful because he's too good to let something like COVID stop what he wants to do in our stories. And so I'm here today to just to stand with you and say, let's chase him together and see what he wants to do. And if you're new and you're just checking things out and you're like, I don't, I don't even know if I, I believe in God, I'm, just, I'm so glad you're here because we'll believe in him for you until you realize he is for you. And we just want to create space for you to sit in this place with us and lean in and see what God wants to do in your story. Because it's interesting when you've lived life long enough and you realize you have a story. Like how many of you are old enough to realize that about yourself? Yes, yes, some of you are like, yep, I have a story. Do you ever find yourself just kind of reminiscing about the good old days in your life? Like you just kind of like you look back and you're like, oh, those were those are sweet days. I, I'm amazed every time Facebook reminds me of the story of my life. Like when it just pops up these these moments. And usually what, what happens when Facebook is reminding me, it's pretty it's pretty good what it's trying to remind me of because I wouldn't have captured the bad moments and said, here world. My worst day. Like, normal when Facebook's reminding me of a moment I've captured, it's something good in my life. And, and I was just looking at some old pictures this week and just reminiscing about times that were just sweet in my story or where I saw God move in an incredible way or, or like watching our girls that have a, have a tween and a teen now and then watching them when they were little and it was easy. <laughs> and just like, oh, I love this. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know if you've ever found this happen as you're reminiscing. Like for me, as I was looking at these old, old pictures, I, I, I found it was kind of easy to get a little bit sad as I was looking at the past. Like, like sad because I, I realized that I was doing more than just looking at sweet memories. What, what I was beginning to wonder is like, hey, were, were those actually better days than this day? And in fact, not only were they better days, were they possibly the best days? Like, are my best days behind me? And, and I don't know how you're wired, but like, I have an E minor tone within me. And it's really easy to like kind of get into that funky space. And suddenly music will come in my head. And as I was reminiscing, like the summer of 69, Brian Adams came into my mind. And, and I don't know like if you know that song, but there's a lyric in that song where it goes, those were the best days of my life. And I just remember thinking, like, how tragic would that be? How tragic would that be to somehow think that the best days of my life are behind me instead of what's still to come? And as I was wrestling with that, just in my own headspace, I began to realize I don't believe that's true, even if that's how it feels sometimes. And the reason I don't believe that's true is because I believe God is at work in the story. And I believe that God actually has a life for us. He has a future for us that he wants to bring us into. And the reason I hold on to that hope is because of what he's done for us through Jesus. Like Jesus steps into the story not to put us in our place. Jesus steps in the story to show us that God loves us incredibly. Like God loves us in the mess, in the brokenness of this world. 
That God has stepped into the story. He sent his son to come into this world so that we could have the hope of something new, something better. And that just gives me hope to realize, okay, no matter how hard it gets today, I think that my best days are still ahead of me because why would God do that in my story if he was just to say, okay, now we're done? I believe that Jesus steps into our story and meets us as we are, where we are, and invites us into something better because our best days are always ever ahead of us. I love how one of the early Christian leaders began to realize this in his own story as he, he met Jesus and this guy Paul, his life was turned around incredibly. I mean, he was a violent, angry, ugly man and he meets Jesus and his story has changed forever. And Paul's reminded of this promise that God made about this new thing that he wanted to do. And so Paul writes this to one of the, the early Christian churches and he says, hey, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. The incredible things that God has in store for those who love him. I love that because what Paul is beginning to realize is that he hasn't seen anything yet. Compared to what God still wants to do, what God wants to do in the story. And I think that's so true for us. And I think if we're not careful, it can be so easy to get stuck living life looking backwards. Reminiscing about the past, especially when we're going through hard things today. I don't know about you, but this last year and a half have been pretty hard. Anyone else? (laughs) And all along the the journey, it was so easy to get stuck looking in the past, somehow thinking that the best days were behind me as we were facing the hard things today, to get stuck looking backwards instead of seeing the potential of the new things that God was doing, what God was up to in the story. And and yet I wrestle with that because it's not like I can forget my past. My past is a part of my story. The ugly, the bad, and the good. And so is it, is it possible to somehow leverage the past to set up an expectation for what's possible? An expectation for what God can still do in our stories. And there's this moment that, that, that we're going to look at right now where, where, where God's stepping into the story, meeting his people of old who are in a really bad place. It's this beautiful moment where God wants to step in because he wants to remind them that he's a part of the story. And so we read about this in the, in the book of Isaiah. It's one of the, the books we have in the middle of our Bible in the older part. This is like before Jesus came and God was still working in the story to bring to this point of time where he would bring his promised rescuer in. And, and God's wanting to meet his people in a really dark place because they've experienced some real hardship. They've been overrun by another kingdom. The, the, the kingdom of Babylon has stepped in and just kind of swallowed them up and, and enslaved them in so many ways. And, and so that's never a good day. Like, that's like COVID to the next level. <laughs> and so here they are just bummed out. And what God wants to do is to show up in their story. And he wants to remind them of some things. He wants to remind them that he's not done. <laughs> he's still on the move in their story. And so this is what we see God saying to them here in, in Isaiah 43. He's, he's wanting to remind them of who he is and what he's done and what's still to come. And so he says this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He says, for your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they're so proud of. And, and I love this. Have you ever been bullied in your life? And isn't it awesome when suddenly somebody who's bigger than the bully just kind of comes and stands next to you and says, I got this. Like, they're not going to do this to you anymore. 
And I love this because here's God saying, I am good and I'm strong, and I'm going to send them packing. I'm on your side. I'm in the story. Don't forget who I am. And so he goes on because he's wanting to remind them because it's so easy to forget, isn't it, when life gets hard? It's so easy to forget who God is. And so he says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. And see, he's reminding them of what he's done in their story in the past. He's reminding them of what we looked at last week when God rescued them out of slavery in Egypt and he set them free to step into their future forever because time has gone on and they'd stepped away from God at different points. Generations had followed him and walked away from him and And the consequence of walking away from God is never a good choice because when we walk away from God, we walk away from the source of life and truth and beauty. And when you walk away from that, you're left with second best at best. And God's like, no, no, but I've come to set you free once again. And I want to remind you of what I've done in your story. I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Don't you remember what I've done in your story? It's almost like God is saying like, Facebook reminder, Like you're in a tough spot, but let me remind you of what I've done in your story. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget what we've experienced together. Don't forget what I've done and what I'm capable of. And I don't know about you, but so often in my story and in my journey, I need to be reminded of that because I get spun in life today. I get spun with how things are going and I can forget that God has done great things in my story. And there's times where I have to choose to look back and remember what he's done so that I'm not overwhelmed with today, so that I have hope that God does have a future for me. I remember when I, when I was finishing up all of my schooling and, and wanting to step into the new that God had for me, and I didn't have a clue what that meant. Like we talked about last week, so often the new that God has for us, he doesn't say, here's the 10-step plan. He says, here's the next step. <laughs> And what he wants is for us to learn to trust him with that step so we get to see how great he is in our story. And this was one of those moments in my life that, that I'd been living in L.A. the majority of my life, and now it was time to step into something new. And, and the only real opportunity for me was to go south to San Diego. And I had just graduated with my master's degree, and this is what my future looked like. You can work 10 hours a week in the mailroom shredding paper, bum on your friend's couch for free, and hope that there's a job for you in a couple months. Yeah, that's what I signed up for when I went to school and said yes to wanting to go to, like, but that was my only option. Like, God, what on earth are you doing? And I remember going down to San Diego to visit with this church that, that where my friend was working and who was going to let me sleep on his couch for free and, and just wrestling with God in that moment. What are you doing in my story? This, it just feels like I'm falling into smaller and smaller things. And, and I went for a walk with God. I don't know if you ever do that, where you just, you just kind of talk with God in your thoughts. That's called prayer, by the way. <laughs> And I would tell you, it wasn't a very holy-sounding prayer. It was like, blankety-blank, what are you doing? <laughs> and, I, and I love that God's not put off by that. I think what God wants is just come. Come, come to me. Come at me. <laughs> come be with me. And let me meet you in that space. And I just remember as I was wrestling with God, he began to remind me of what he had done in my story so far. Like, do you remember when you were in high school 
and you're hanging out with a crowd that was turning you into someone you didn't want to be, and you made a choice to trust me, and you stepped away from that crowd, and you were lonely your entire senior year, but then you saw me bring relationship into your story? Don't you think I can do that again? Because what I was so afraid of in that moment was that the stakes seemed so high in my life. Because I was going to give up everyone and everything I knew to step into a new space and trust that God was going to provide for me. And what I had to choose in that moment was to remember what he'd done so I had a hope of a future that he had for me. And so I took that step. And you know what I didn't know was that that, that was going to mean for me? Was that this was going to be kind of a pattern God was going to do in my life. That Joel, if you can learn to trust me with this step, then watch where I will take you. Because if I told you the whole story now, you're going to really freak out. That you're going to find your, your partner in life and in ministry in this place in San Diego, but then I'm going to do something in your story, and you're going to have to give it all up again and take another step and chase after me. And then you're going to start a family, and then I'm going to stir the hearts of your family, and I'm going to have you go live in Canada for years, and you're going to have to give it all up again and take a step to follow me. And then when you've done your assignment there, I'm going to move your family again, and you're going to have to take another step and give it all up again. You think the stakes are high right now moving here. Wait till you have a family Will you trust me? Will you let me move in your story? And there's so many times that I just, I need God to remind me. Show me what you've done in my past so that I can trust you with my future because I'm scared to death. But God, when I've seen what you've done in the story, I know that you're for me. I know that you've got a life for me. So here I come, fear and trembling. See, there can be something powerful about looking to our past when it reminds us of what's possible. When it reminds us of what God has done in the story. That God is good and God is for us and he wants to move. And this is what we see God doing in this moment with his people. He's reminding them. Hey, don't forget. I am your God, and I am big, and I'm strong, and I have a plan, and it's through you I want to bring the redemption of the world. I am moving. Do you remember what I did when it was so bad, when it seemed so devastating, how I moved on your behalf, and I set you free for your future? Don't you think I can do it again? And I love what God's doing here. And then in the very next sentence, though, God does something surprising. Has God ever done something that surprised you? Some of us are like, yeah, we, we have enough history with, with pursuing God that we've been surprised by that. I've come to realize I shouldn't be surprised when God surprises me, even though I am. And, and the reason why I don't think we should be surprised when God surprises us is because God's not a religion that becomes root and routine. God's a being that calls us into relationship with him. And I don't know about most of your relationships, but have you noticed how most of your relationships are somewhat dynamic? So why would we not expect that our relationship with God would also be dynamic? And that there would be moments where God's like, okay, we're doing something new. Will you come with me into the new? And so we're going to see God suddenly do this. So here he is. He's reminding them of everything he's done in their past. Here's your Facebook reminder. It's like he's saying, don't forget who I am. Don't forget who I am. I rescued you in the past. And then look at what he says the very next sentence. But forget all that. Like, What? You're reminding me of what you've done, and now you're saying, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. 
I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And here's God telling them in their darkest moment, don't forget who I am in your story, but kind of forget it. (laughs) Because I don't want you to get hung up living your life, looking in the past, thinking your best days are behind you. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm at work in the story. And I am going to do a new thing. Something that you didn't even see or know was on the horizon. I want to do something in your life. And the reason this gives me hope is that we begin to realize is that God is always on the move in our stories. God is always wanting to lead us into this future he has for us. He's always wanting to lead us into the new thing if we will trust him enough to go with him on that journey. So yes, let's look back in our stories. But let's never get stuck there in our reminiscing thinking that somehow the best of life is behind us. See, the reason we look backward is so that we can set up an expectation and an anticipation of the new thing God wants to do in each of us. We look back not to live there. We look back to say, now how do I go forward into the future you have for me? We look back with an expectation of what's possible. So we don't, we don't want to ever look back getting stuck on what has happened in the past. Somehow living our lives going backwards, looking backwards when the direction of life is going in this way. We look back to foster a sense of gratitude for what God has done. And awaken a sense of expectation and anticipation of what God is going to do. Because the new thing that God has in store for us is always in our future. It's not in our past. There's a new thing he wants to do in each of our lives, in each of our stories, if we'll trust him with that. Do you realize there's a reason our church is called New Life? Have you realized that? Like, I don't think, like, Ron, when you were, when you were like, starting the church and God put it in you, you're like, I don't think I want to call this place Old Life. As if somehow that's what the point of the journey was. Like, let's just be about the old life. Let's just be about the old things. Let's just get stuck in the past. No, we're called new life because we believe that Jesus has a life for us that he wants to lead us into. And the reason we follow after Jesus is because he's the one who sets us free from the brokenness and mess. He's the one who puts his spirit in us to transform us from the inside out so we can step into the new things he wants to do in our story. And this new life that Jesus has done is for everyone. It's why as a church we want to be about helping people discover life in Jesus and experience more of that life. You know what's exciting about that? Is that this is for everyone. So if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you've been a follower of Jesus for years and years and years, guess what? There's still new life for you. He's not done with your story. If you feel like you're aging out right now, I just want to speak some words of life to you. You're not done till you wake up in home, the new home. If you've got breath in your lungs today, he's got life for you still in this world. And if you're brand new just checking things out, here's what I want you to know. God has a life for you he wants to invite you into, and we step into it through Jesus as he shows up in our story and begins to do new incredible things for us. But if we want to experience this future, this new thing that God wants to do, We have to be open to the new thing that Jesus is inviting us into. We have to have this expectation that, God, you're still at work in my story. So what are you doing in my life and around my life and through my life? 
and have that expectation that God isn't done, not by a long shot. And see, Jesus talks about this too as he was here on this earth walking with people and teaching people and calling people into the new thing that he was going to do in people's stories. See, Jesus knew that he was the new thing who would change people's lives forever. And so he was inviting people to follow him. And there's this conversation that we see him having with some people about this whole idea. And the question is, will we be open to the new thing he wants to do? And this is what he's chasing after in this conversation. And so we see this dialogue in Matthew's account of Jesus' life. We're told that one day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, but why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? So just a little bit of what's going on here. That John the Baptist, that's Jesus' cousin. He was like the guy with the wild, crazy hair. If you don't know the story of Jesus, that's okay. You can read it on your own. But like this is like Jesus' close friend who came to prepare the way for Jesus. And, and that day, if you were kind of like a teacher or whatever, you'd have people that would follow you. And they were called disciples. So John has his own disciples. The religious leaders of the day had their own disciples. Jesus called people to follow him. They were his disciples. And so John's disciples are a little bit confused. Jesus, why aren't your disciples fasting like everyone else does? And fasting was a spiritual discipline you do in your your relational pursuit with God. And oftentimes the reason you fasted was because it was a hard season or there was an act of repentance or there was something really difficult going on in your story. And, And so they're like, how come your disciples don't do this thing everyone else is doing? And Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom. Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Like just a couple of things really quick here about what Jesus is saying. For, first, I think the point he's trying to say is it's not, it's not the time to fast. <laughs> like, I'm here, and it's party time. There will come a time to fast, because he knows what's going to happen. He knows the sacrifice he's going to make. He knows it's going to get dark and ugly until they see his victory. <laughs> He's like, oh, believe me, these guys are going to (laughs) fast. But right now, I've shown up, and it's party time. And I I love this analogy that Jesus is playing with right here, where he's like, the groom is here, and so now it's time to celebrate with the groom. It's like this analogy that you see Jesus using, and the first followers of Jesus in their writings, they, they would oftentimes talk about Jesus being the groom and his church, his followers being his bride. It's this beautiful picture. Like, if you ever wanted to know, like, Jesus, how do you see me? He's like, I see you as my bride. Like, I love you that much, which is why we need to be so careful with how we talk about the church. Because, like, when we disparage the church, we're disparaging Jesus' bride. And the bride isn't perfect. The bride has issues, but he loves his bride. It'd be like, if you started talking bad about me, my spouse will have issue with you. (laughs) Because Christy loves me a lot, despite me. So we should never be bad-mouthing the church. Instead, we should be saying, how do we as the church become more like who you made us to be, Jesus? And so this is a just saying, like, hey, now is not the time. This is party time. There will come a time. I'm doing a new thing. Do you want to understand it? So he goes on. He uses another analogy. I love this. Jesus is like analogy king when he teaches. <laughs> and so he says, besides, who would, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth leaving an even bigger tear than before. Like the idea of what he's saying is you can't, you can't grab on to the new thing I'm doing if you're stuck in the old thing. If you're holding on to the past. I'm doing something new. If you want to experience it, you've got to let go of the past so you can grab on to the new that I'm doing. And then he uses another one, which is awesome for us in Sonoma County. 
He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. Like the practice back then is you put your wine in a skin and as it fermented, it would stretch the skin and then you'd have a good Chardonnay or whatever. (laughs) But once you were done with that wine, you couldn't put new wine in it because the the skin was already stretched and it would ruin it. He goes, no, instead new wine is stored in new wine skins so that both are preserved. And see, I think what Jesus is saying to us here in this moment is, I'm doing a new thing. And if you want to experience what that new thing is, you have to be willing to receive it. You have to be willing to be like a new wineskin that's open to the new thing that I want to do. Because if you're trying to take me into the old thing, you'll actually miss it. I'm doing something new. So will you embrace it? And see, I think if we want to step into the new that God wants to do in our lives and in our stories, if we want to experience the new thing that Jesus wants to do, we have to be willing to have a posture that says, okay, show me what that is. Show me what the new is that you want to do. And so here's a question I have for you today. Will you create space for the new God wants to do? Will you create space for the new thing God wants to do? For the new thing God wants to do in you? Because if you're chasing after him today, he's not done with the story. He has more for you, more that he wants to do. And the reason why we need to wrestle with this question is because I think it's really easy for us to get stuck with where we're at to get stuck with how it is, to get stuck with who we are, to get stuck looking backwards. And I I think, honestly, sometimes the older we get, the easier it is to get stuck. If you don't like that, then sorry. We can talk about that later. But I'm experiencing it with you. Like, I just came to realize in the last half of a decade that my music is oldies. Like, when did this happen? My daughters have let me know. And I'm like, no, but I'm trying to share with you really good music. Like the 80s created some of the best music the world has ever known. Like arguably, Take On Me by AHA might be the greatest song of all time. Don't you recognize this? That that, that my fight song is a high falsetto pop pop song. Like, what do you mean? And And yet I think it's so easy as we begin to get older to get stuck to get stuck in our past, to get stuck with how it was instead of experiencing like, hey, maybe God wants to do a new thing in our story. And we have to be willing to create space for that new thing. Which is why I love looking to the older generations that are experiencing the new thing God is doing. Because it's so inspiring to me to realize that there's more of my story to be discovered because I see what God's doing for those who are farther down the road than me. Last week, we were hanging out in the lobby, and it was really fun. I got to speak to someone. They're sitting in the room, so I'm going to try and not look at them right now. But we had just seen each other in Mexico, but they weren't a part of the Mexico team that went down. But they had gone down with some other friends on their own initiative to go and do a project for this woman, Dorothy, who's given her life to rescue families out of uh, painful circumstances. And we were in partnership working on a house, building this one house for this family that had gone through the program Dorothy had created. And this other group 
of people from our church went down to serve Dorothy and to make her life better. And I just like, how cool was that? And we got to hang out together for one meal and just kind of touch base. So I was seeing this person after coming back from Mexico for the first time and just like, tell me your story. Tell me what was going on. And, and he was just telling me like, like he hadn't been to Mexico other than like for a few years before, like kind of the first time he'd gone down. And, and when he went down, he saw the opportunity to do so many good things. And it was like God woke something up in him. And he, he saw the least of these and realized that he could do good. And then as he was just telling me his story, he said, and then when I would come home, I realized that it's not just in Mexico that there's opportunity to do this stuff. There's people all around me. And, and I said, how old are you? Very late 70s. And when did this happen? Young 70s, I'm guessing. And I just said, how awesome is that? That God's not done with your story. Like he's waking you up to new things still. And I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to have the posture that says, God, what's the new you want to do in me? What's the new that you have for me? Like I just don't want to ride it out till I go home. I want to be a part of the new thing you want to do in my life and in my story. But I have to choose to create space for that. I have to be willing to say, what is the new thing you want to do in my life? And the same thing for you. If you want to experience the future God has for you, you have to be open to the new thing that God wants to do. The new wine Jesus wants to pour into your hands requires hands that are open to do the new thing with him. And it's not just true for us. As people, as individuals, it's true for us as a church. Like, will you create space for the new God wants to do in our church? Will we live up to our name? (laughs) Because I believe that our story is not done. I believe that God wants to do new things. But if we're not careful, it will be easy for us to get stuck as a church because it happens. Churches get stuck all the time. They get stuck in the past. They get stuck in the good old days. They get stuck in the heyday of when something really cool happened, and they can never move past that. And that's not going to be our story because God has new things for us. And and yet one one of the ways that you can tell a church is starting to get stuck is when the only stories they have are the stories from the past and not the stories of right now or what God is doing. And that's so challenging for us because it feels like we've been on pause for like a year and a half. And yet I want to tell you, God hasn't been on pause in that year and a half. There are stories of God at work in us and through us as a church. So somewhere in the, in the, 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 the winter into spring months, we just decided to have a welcome night and invite anyone who was kind of new to, new to the church and what God was doing to show up and just, we're like, we have no idea how this is going to go. Are people going to show up? It's the middle of COVID. Let's just figure this out. And, and so we just invited people to come out one night to the lobby and we're like, let's just see what happens. And we had like, like eight Eight or so people come out who were new to wanting to experience life in our church. We're like, look at that, God, you're on the move. And then this last week, we, we just said, let's, let's start something new. We, we doing this course called the Gospel of John, Unpacking the Gospel of John. We had five people from that, cor- from that welcome night show up to that course. God's on the move, doing new things. And you're like, it sounds kind of small. It's like, hey, don't despise small things. If God's on the move, that's what we need to make room for. What's the new that God wants to do in our church? As we begin to step out of COVID, as we begin to step back into people coming here and wanting to understand more about Jesus, wanting to understand more about this life that we're experiencing, that we want to share with them, we as a church have to make room for them. 
When it's time to start up our small groups in the fall, we're going to need people to step up and say, how can I make room for people that want to walk with others so they can learn more about Jesus? See, will you create space for the new God wants to do in our church? And I realize it's hard right now because we're in this place of COVID. And and I know some of you are just, you're at home watching because you're not ready yet. And all I want to say to you is unless you have like a serious life-threatening reason to stay home, please come back. We need you. Every single one of us needs to come into this space and come into this future with an expectation that God's not done with us, that there's a future he has for us. Will you create space for the new God wants to do? The new God wants to do in you and the new God wants to do through you. So how do we leverage the past without getting stuck there? Well, I think we have to be very intentional about what Facebook pictures we focus on. And as those pictures pop up to say, thank you that you did that, I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you that sometimes it feels like my my best days are behind me, but because you're on the move of my story, I know I ain't seen nothing yet. So would you continue to do your new thing in me? Would you give me the new wine because I'm ready? So let's ask God to move today. And so here's what I want to invite you to do in this moment. If you're comfortable with it. If you're not, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Let me just like chill. <laughs> but here's what I want to invite you to do. As we're going to go into this last song, I want to make this a song of reflection, a song of a prayer, a song of a declaration of what we want to see God do. But I want to invite you to adopt a posture of expectation. And I want to ask you to to stand with me in this moment and put your hands out in front of you. So go ahead and stand with me in this moment. (laughs) And if you're watching at home, stand. We can see you. (laughs) But with your hands out in this moment, here's what I want you to do. In your left hand, your left hand, (laughs) Ask God to give you a picture of what he's done in your story in the past. Ask God to remind you of his faithfulness and goodness to you. And as he begins to bring that to mind, begin to say thank you. God, thank you. Thank you that you've moved in my story. Thank you that you've shown up. Thank you that you've done a work. Thank you that you have rescued me and breathed life into me. I have hope because you're on the move in my story. And then in your other hand, I just, I want you to imagine that hand is empty right now. But it's open and in front of him because there's an expectation that he's going to put something new in that, in your story. Something new he wants to do through you. And so let's go into this time with a posture of gratitude and expectation because there's a future God has for you. There's a future God has for us. And if we will step into it with him, we ain't seen nothing yet. And so, God, here we are in this place. We're open to you. And we're grateful to you. So, God, give us the new wine. Jesus, make us so open to you that we can't miss the new that you want to do in each of our stories. 
And so we come grateful of what you've done in our stories. But don't let us get stuck there. Because you're on the move. You've got something new you want to do. We ain't seen nothing yet. So we're also open to that new thing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things you have for us. But would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us ears to hear? Would we look back on this moment that was so hard and so challenging and know that there's a future that's coming? And when we step into that future, would we look back and take a picture and not get stuck there? Take a picture to remind us of still what's to come. Because our future with you is always ever in front of us. So come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.